Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Lux Files. I'm not just the host of this podcast. I'm also the owner of Lelo Gonzalez. I make beeswax and scented spell candles, loose stick and liquid incense, anointing rolls and bath salts. So once you're done listening to this episode, why don't you head on over to my website at www.lelokanzawan.com and check out my products. For your convenience, the link to the website is also in the show notes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lux Files. Thalamite podcast host, content creator, Georgina Rose. Hello. Hi, I'm Georgina Rose. I go by Dot Darling on social media. Um, I have, I'm all across all the platforms and I host the Magnolias and Magic podcast. Uh, and in my practice, I'm a Thalamite and a ceremonial magician. And I'm very happy to be here. Well, hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm having a nice day. Uh, yeah, uh, having having a good one. Excellent. We got a cold front move in last night. And by cold front, I mean, it's now down to the like, eight, like low 80s from I wish it's <clears throat> so hot here it's been our- so, it, it's been so hot here and we have uh, like 100 forest fires around my city so yesterday <laughs> was really bad like the smoke has been bad but yesterday like the air has been so still that yesterday i when i woke up i thought it was really foggy out and then i went outside and all you can smell is is the smoke and it, it's like it's been like uh just under 100 um, I'm trying to convert in my head. I used to live in Texas. So like here in Canada, we use Celsius and I'm trying to convert yeah. in my head uh, Fahrenheit, but I don't really remember anymore, but it's been like somewhere like close to a hundred. So today I, I think it's supposed to be like 80 or something like that. And it feels so cold right now. 80. Degrees. I've been dying. New York. Uh, I live in New York city. I mean, we've had this like weird heat wave for weeks now and it's like way hotter than it normally is here in the summer and I'm just not used to it so it's been it's been rough for me and then we had like I don't know if you saw the videos going around the the like flooding in the subways oh yeah I saw that yeah god yeah Yeah. climate change isn't real people it's not happening climate change isn't real like the day that it flooded uh, I didn't realize there was a leak in like the sealant above my window in my kitchen and it just started like raining inside and I was like what's happening the world's dying this is the end time (laughs) they they finally fixed it but I was I, I yeah. know like like you're gonna drown to death and I'm gonna burn to death basically like that's we love that for us yeah that's that's literally what's happening so yeah but you know keep keep guzzling that oil because it's it's good for the economy and uh and for all the animals it's great for all the animals so yeah. you know the polar, bear, polar bears prefer swimming than standing on ice so yeah they can become like up. um What's the term where they can go on land and see the animal classification? Amphibian. Amphibian. Yeah. Amphibian. Yeah, yeah. 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 But they 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 much rather swim. So the quicker we can get that ice melting in the Arctic, the better for the polar bears. So yeah, it's a little pool. Get on that, people. Get yeah, it's a little pool. That's right. So get on that. <laughs> so um uh thank you again for for being on the lux files i really appreciate it and of course uh, so what i like to do with uh when i'm talking to my guests is i like um i don't know if you can hear my dogs in the background i'm just trying to I can. okay good good 
so what I like to do uh, with my guests is I like to start with their first memory or experience or, you know, um, series of, of experiences or events that kind of, you know, their first magical experience, virtual yeah. or, or, you know, what it was that, that kind of started them off on that path. So that's where I like to begin. So uh, if you want to begin there, I'd love to hear how Dat Darling first uh, realized that uh, she was a magician. Yeah. Um, so I really got into the occult like five or six years back. The months blur together for me. But before then, I was always really interested in like spirituality, religion and stuff. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up in like an Episcopal church and I would always like, I would, I would be such a pill. I would like read the Bible and I'd have like questions and I would go up to like the people who worked there and like try to argue with them. Uh, like I remember I was like really, I had all these ideas where I was like, God seems kind of like a, like a bad person, seems kind of mean. And I would like try to talk to the people at the church about this and they would be very concerned. Um, I was like an inadvertent Gnostic when I was like 10. I was like, I don't know about this. This guy seems kind of bad. So I have a lot of little things like that. Um, but when I started actually getting like into the occult proper, it's probably, I think it's almost six years now. I don't, months are confusing, but right. it was around that time. And so I was not to, sorry, I, I don't, well, I do mean to interrupt because I'm interrupting, but like nothing <laughs> like it, as a kid where you're, you're like, oh, look at this twig I found. It's my magic wand. Oh. And I'm, I'm a witch. Oh, oh, yeah. I would do little things like that. I remember when I was, I think I was in kindergarten. There was this girl at my school who was like bullying my friend. Um, and so I took a bunch of shampoos in my bathroom and like mixed them in my tub together and I was like I'm cursing her for being <gasps> mean to my friend with shampoo that's yeah I was like, six was like yeah I was just like I'm gonna mix some shampoos together it's a potion now that's which hilarious. is very very wholesome looking back on it a little <laughs> weird that I was like vengefully trying to curse someone but it was definitely like me trying and you know dabbling did her, did her hair fall out or did she grow a mustache or anything like that Winningly, no um but she no longer I mean a couple years later she got nice but I also my mom had this book on astrology um that was like really big uh she wasn't into the occult my mom's like a new agey Christian if that makes any sense mm -hmm. Um, she's just like a Christian who's like vaguely spiritual and she had this big book on astrology and I would open it and like read the pages of all the birthdays all the time and like read it to people I thought it was the coolest book I was obsessed with it and so I guess looking back at that that's definitely a little occulty of me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um Episcopal is the American version of Angle Anglican yeah Correct? Yeah, okay. it is. All right. All right. So it's not like like um, Protestant denominations like like Baptist and, and stuff like no. that. Like it's it's pretty it's like kind of this is diet really Catholic is a good word for it. Yeah. Diet Catholic. OK. Yeah. That that yeah. Is, works. OK. So um, were you guys like as a family, as a kid, were you churchgoers? Yeah, we went pretty regularly. Um, we went most weeks, I would say. They, my dad was more into it than my mom was, um, but they definitely like, 
they were never really the type of people who are like, oh, like hell or like the fire and brimstone side of things. Right. Um, they always would talk about like being a good person, loving like the love side of Christianity. That's what they liked. Right. Um, I read the Bible myself as a kid because I, I was like, I don't want to just listen to what they're telling me. I want to see it myself. And so I picked up on that type of elements through my own reading of the Bible. That wasn't really what was told to me though. Mm -hmm. I was always told like, be a good person, help the people around you. The more like wholesome, fluffy side is more what people would kind of tell me. Cause Episcopalianism is much more like liberal than a lot of the other Christian sects. They're more about the whole, at least the church that I went to is a little more on the like jesus side rather than the like you're going to hell type of right, side and right, then right. when i was like in my late early teens tween age uh, my stepmom came into the picture and her whole family were mormons which was a very different way of looking at things than what i was used to mm -hmm. i remember i went to like a mormon church service for the first time um my dad never went mormon her family just was um, and I was like, it was just so, so radically different than the Christianity that I was exposed to. It was very weird to me. Right, right. Because uh, that's much more like strict and, you know, that uh, more aggressive side of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did the, um, did the ritual of, of uh, going to church, like, did that appeal to you? Uh, yeah, I, found I, find, I find, you know, ceremonial magicians that have a, a Christian past, like as kids, you know, they, they didn't like the, the institution, but they liked the pomp and ceremony. Oh yeah. I liked the ceremony. I liked the, the incense and the big you know, the big like priest getups and stuff. I remember we had two services at my church. There was one in the evening that was like casual church. Um, and that's my family. And then there was the morning one where they had all the like regalia and stuff. I remember I always liked the morning one more because I liked the, the ritual aspect of it. Um, I had a lot of questions about the Bible because I was, I was genuinely interested in religion. Like I, I wanted to know what was going on. And I felt like when I went to like Sunday school or whatever, they only told certain parts of it, you know? So I was right. like, I'm going to read the whole Bible. Um, and I had some problems with it, but I always liked the, the, you know, the communal, the ritual aspects of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So did that, you know, that appeal of, of like the ritual and, and whatnot, did that immediately translate into your cultism when you got into occultism or were you, well, how did, like, what was your entrance into occultism? That would answer my question basically. Yeah. Um, so my big entrance, I was trying to work on like self-improvement stuff. Like I was, I was in a point in my life where I kind of just wanted to like improve myself I was in sort of like a rut in general is probably a good way to put it. And so I was like, I want to change. I'm not super happy about where my life is right now. So I started getting into like self-help type things. Um, and I grew up in Appalachia. That's where I'm originally from. And so I kind of got into like the Appalachian superstition type stuff, the like folk practice type of thing. Cause that's what I grew up around. It's what I was more aware of. Um, and, and it's still fantastic I, though like it's it's such a rich magical tradition oh totally it's it's yeah. a beautiful practice 
practice, but yeah. it, it wasn't, I don't think it wasn't really the practice that was right for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a beautiful tradition, but I never fell in love with it in the way that I've fallen in love with the Lima. I love app watching folk. It's a great thing, but I didn't, it wasn't like for me is probably the best way to put it. Um, I had results. So I, I knew like the occult worked at that point. Um, and then I came across a copy of, I think it was in a Barnes and Noble. Is it more like mainstream bookstore or something? Came across a copy of The Black Arts by Richard Cavendish. Mm, I have that um, and I, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. And I, the title, of course, that like edgy title kind of appealed to me. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's it didn't have like that kind of like, like prettier, fluffier aesthetic. I was like, The Black Arts, yeah. 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 <laughs> It's actually a good book, though. I mean, he's really he, he's definitely a, a sensationalist and with a lot of his, you know, I would say ill-informed with a lot of his personal opinions and, and, and views on magic and the occult. But that book itself, like the the actual um, practice and info that's in that book, it's actually a really good book. You just kind of have to take what he says with a grain of salt. Yeah. yeah, but it's a good that's act, it is a good book. Yeah, no, I really liked it. I remember reading it and being just like completely captivated. And I was like, obsessed with it. I remember I read it like three times after I got it. I was like, this is the occult information that I was missing. <laughs> this puts things together, it pieces it together in a way that I wasn't aware of. And so after then, I got like super into it. Um, I, I like would read through like websites and stuff. I wasn't a creator, obviously, because I was in like two, like a year and a half deep in my practice. Mm-hmm. But I would like read through like forums and stuff like that. And I tried to like take in as much as possible. I started reading like any occult book I could get my hands on. Like I remember I would go to like the public library and read the like four books on paganism they had. And so I just started trying to like absorb as much as possible. And my practice took a big turn into the ceremonial side because I was like, yes, this is what's right for me. This is what I was looking for, but not really getting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, my, um, I don't know about now, but uh, the closest public library to, uh, to where I grew up um, had a huge, huge, section on paganism and magic and the occult like huge and all yeah and all the mainstream bookstores at that time um had really really big diverse sections um not so much now like with you know with online shopping being so accessible and easy um it's definitely pared down like um chapters would be like your Barnes and Nobles, basically. So like in my uh, city here, it's a small section. But again, I mean, it's, that's no surprise, because online shopping is just, you know, you don't want to pay shipping, okay, they'll deliver to the store for free. So why stock, you know, so much? Something I've noticed recently is so like two years back, in like Barnes and Noble, they're like, they call it like the self-transformation or the mind, body, spirit, you know, those two sections. They were like really big, like two years ago and they've got been getting progressively smaller. I've noticed, like, I went to one of the shop, like one of the like mainstream bookstores near my apartment and the section had definitely, like, I noticed it's getting a little smaller, which is so odd to me because I feel like, I mean, I, Google trends wise, we're down a little bit from a few months ago, but like, I feel like the occult's getting bigger, not the reverse, you mm-hmm. know? 
Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. I just, I think that, you know, they can probably sacrifice that space for more mainstream stuff. Because I mean, with, I would think, you know, it, it, it's sort of like a, like a specialized um, niche subject like the occult. Yeah. If you're looking for information, you're going to go out and find it however you need to find it. So if that means having to shop more on Barnes and Noble's website as opposed to the store, you know, I, I think it, it's it's something that they probably know that they can sacrifice the 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 oh, sure. space for because people will still search out and and get their hands on the books um as opposed to like not to knock fiction but i mean ooh, fiction, ooh, I, I think, slander time i i think you know like a lot of appeal i would think with fiction is like that cover appeal yeah mm-hmm. which um, occult books i don't think many people are picking for the like not not to be rude but a lot of occult books, I don't think people are choosing for the cover because otherwise we, w- we would have less Celtic font. <laughs> I'm sorry, every occult book from like before, like th- a couple of years back, the same font, you know the font I'm talking about, right? I know, I know, the, I know the exact font you're talking about. <laughs> I, have to, I have the font on my computer. Who I have a lot that? of books with it on it. I, I still buy them, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, who knows? Who knows? But my my public library was always great with their their um really big diverse section, and that was uh, pretty important to me as a teenager. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like a teenager, like you, you know, you don't have hundreds of dollars a to month drop on books so you know you buy a little bit of books and I had the benefit of a really good library um yeah Yeah. so you know it's it's unfortunate whenever I hear people in the occult um community and it's it tends to be you know from a very it, it tends to be more Americans that I hear this from and from very um specific areas of the country where they're like oh yeah my library like there was either no occult books or there was like two yeah I remember I'm I'm up I was down in Appalachia we had a couple they tended to be though I noticed more about like there were a lot of books on things like herbalism Mm. and stuff like that but they tended to be more about paganism than like occultism which I always found really interesting yeah 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 definitely there were a couple I think I probably when I was younger read all of them that were there Mm. (laughs) But I'm glad that it's getting a lot more accessible, I think. Like, they're great resources online now, like Hermetic Library and whatnot that are really good for, or Scribd. I didn't discover Scribd until, like, a year ago uh, because my co-host Temperance was telling me about it. They have, like, all of Llewellyn and Wiser, and it's legal to, like, like they're, like, a Netflix for books. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things like that, I think, are really good that they're, like, non-piracy-based ways to read for cheaper because... Um, obviously piracy is bad and not acceptable but there are uh, thankfully yeah, ways to get books for a decent rate now because script that like that's a, a subscription service like you, yeah yeah you yeah, pay yeah like eight a month i think and it's like all of llewellyn and wiser is on there it's really great right 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 yeah so i mean the the publishers 
I think they, I don't know how they do it, but I think it's like a contract they have. Yeah, I mean, the publishers would, would make money off of that then, you know, like yeah. if the, this isn't pirate. I, I wouldn't think that this is piracy. No, it's not piracy because uh, I know like Llewellyn and Weiser have said it's not piracy. I don't. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's legit. It's a legit site. It's not yeah. piracy. Oh, that's good. I I've I've never I've never actually really um, checked it out. No, it's really good. I thought it was gonna be really when I heard about it. I was like, okay, it's gonna be like Kindle Unlimited, where like every book on there is like middle aged mom romance novels. Mm. You know. And then I checked it out and I was like, whoa, this is actually like really good. I'm glad resources like that exist because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's definitely good for people to be able to have access in a way that's not harming the community. Yeah, I mean, I prefer my physical books. Oh, they're definitely better. But oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, if, you know, if you have limited funds, if you can afford yeah. like $8 a month, as opposed to, you know $50 per book or $30 per book then you know yeah. definitely definitely go that route I've never I, I I never really fully signed on to ebooks really but yeah. I mean I'm also, I'm also old uh like <laughs> I realize I look like I'm 23 uh clearly obviously um but I'm 42 so I mean I grew up in a non-digital world so um, you know, that's definitely going to influence my, my preferences. I have eBooks, um, cause there's just some books that they're just eBooks, like, you know, yeah. you get them as, as physical books, but I'll always, I'll always, um, go physical, um, over, over like an eBook or an audio book or something like that. Yeah. I personally prefer physicals over eBooks. I'm in my early twenties, so I grew up around the internet. The internet has been a part of my life for my life. Um, but I find eBooks, I can't exactly articulate why, but I tend to get less into that super zoned in headspace when I'm reading eBooks. Maybe it's because computers are riddled with distractions, but I find I tend to read better with physical books, but okay. I know some people who don't have that sort of tendency. Yeah. And yeah. audiobooks, I just, I, I struggle with them. My, I read faster than audiobooks read to you. Right. So I don't know. I'm not an audiobook person, but I know for a lot of people, they're really helpful, especially yeah. people who yeah. have like attention, like ADHD style stuff. Um, when I live in, in Texas, I used to travel a lot. Like, like my yeah. job, like I'm literally in a different city every day. And um, my Druid order, I'm a member of the um, Order of Bards, Overweights and Druids they their training course went um they still do like the booklets but on on cd so i got the cds as well and i would listen to them like when i'm driving and whatnot i found that very useful but that sitting at home i can't i it i i i feel like i'm not doing anything yes yes like exactly what you're couch. talking about yeah i'm just like laying on my couch listening to this this um audiobook and my mind's distracted and I'm looking around and I'm like oh maybe I should clean that you know what I mean like it, it yep. just doesn't work for me I I'm I'm enjoying um I'm really getting into podcasts um yes. but podcast I listen to a lot while I'm cleaning or cooking like while I make dinner I'll turn yeah. on 
one of the occult podcasts I listen to, not my own because I'm not, I'm not that different. Yeah. And so um, asked me, I was like, yeah, I listen to podcasts for like hook and they're like your own podcast. And I'm like, no. I do not want to hear my voice. That no, 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 absolutely not. But I find uh, some of my podcasts, I absolutely cannot be doing anything when I'm listening to them because they're so yeah. information heavy that I oh, want, yeah. I want to absorb every single tidbit of, of information that that I literally have to sit and do nothing and I'll normally keep my eyes closed because if I'm looking around I'm going to find a distraction and want to do something um, but some podcasts like they're they're a little lighter in a little in, chattier yeah so it's it's nice just to you know just to listen to that talk and 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 whatnot so yeah that's honestly why I do my podcast as commentary and my YouTube videos are super information dense because I feel like if I made like the way I, the, my YouTube videos if you listen to one of my occult 101 videos I talk really fast like mm. there's a lot sort of flying at you and they're only like 15 minutes long yeah. um and I've, yeah. I've considered like when I did my Sephiroth the Kabbalah stuff like I was like this is gonna be I remember I was recording that and setting up to talk for t explain it in 10 minutes and I was like Let's see if this can even work. <laughs> Remember I set up my camera and I was like, let's hope because I feel like if I made that type of content, the length of my like weekly podcast, which is an hour long, OWASP is like 45 or excuse me, Magnolias and Magic. We just renamed, I keep forgetting that we renamed our podcast. Oh, when did that uh, happen? That happened right before our current, this like literally less than two weeks ago. So it's super oh, okay. okay, okay. Yeah. We renamed for our third season, um, but I feel like that's why those podcasts I think are so good for commentary because if I made my YouTube style video, the length of my podcast, I think it would be one of those where you'd have to like completely pay attention the whole time. And I think it would just be too much, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. like whenever you even read a book that's like super dense with information, like I remember when I was reading the Golden Dawn Black Brick book. Um, which I have laying around, I reference it a lot. I was like, I had to read like 10 pages a day because there's just so much in there, you know? Mm -hmm. You can't like sit with that. I mean, I guess someone may have like sat with that and read the, read the whole thing through. Um, but I think I'm proud of you. I, I've read it through, but I had to read it in like really small increments because there was so much to absorb each mm -hmm. chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I yeah, know that that makes sense though. I, I, yeah that that makes sense um okay so we totally digressed <laughs> i don't know if that's a digression or we just whatever i went off on a tangent so um okay so the book of black arts by richard cavendish yeah, i loved it i remember like reading it and reading it again and they had the little section on like how to get the numerology from your name remember mm -hmm. i like took out a notebook and calculated it by hand and that's I literally that. like like what like chapter three something yeah two yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Uh, i'm gonna say it again that's a really good book i think i think it's worth anyone um uh, picking up it, it's it's a nice light overview of some um occult practices just you know when when he starts throwing in his, his opinions and yeah so like last two chapters that are a little yeah they're, i mean they, they're interesting to read but it's still it's like just it's, it know. changes from like an overview of subjects to a strong perspective yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good way to describe it yeah yeah 
yeah. So, um, it so like that was your first like more occult book. Yeah. So did did that book? I'm 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 talking up this book like it, it like it's so great. Now I'm trying to think what's all in there. Was there anything in there? Were you able to kind of like do a bit of occult practice from that one book? There were certain things. It's the problem with that book, though, is it's more about explaining than like how to yeah. do. Um, so that I did like the few things they didn't really give like exercises. Like if you've read like Psychic Witch Hut has like a ton of like exercises yeah. in there. Yeah. It's much more like this is what Kabbalah is. And it would imply things that like describe practices for like a sentence. And so I tried to replicate them. Some of them with not a lot of context, which I cringe at now, but I think it's pretty good to cringe at what some of the first things you did. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. I absolutely. think that that's normal and good. Like I remember after that book, I was kind of edgy, you know, and there are certain things that I look back on. Like I read, cause I've kept records of my entire practice from the start. Like I've written every single ritual I've ever done down in like these like notebooks they now are a stack of them because I've burned mm -hmm. through a couple and sometimes I like read back through the first one and just like die a little bit inside mm -hmm. and some yep. of my yep. I'm like girl what are you doing but you know I think it's there's a charm to that I think we all sort of have those memories absolutely and I mean the thing is is that you know we all have those you know, stories of our first rituals and stuff like that, where as adults, we're like, oh God, I can't believe I did that. But at least you did it. Like you yeah. didn't just read about it, you were doing. And my magical diaries from when I was a teenager, cringe. Oh my <laughs> God, I can't believe. Like those, those are being burned. Um, being burned. <laughs> um, my, my later ones, um, you know, I envision them being in like some museum of 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 magic and the first one in the museum. That's uh, but but the, the first one. No, 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 no. Not not the teenage ones because those are horrible. Those can be burned. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, uh, so you were all in like the the book of Black Archer. Like, yeah, this is this is the yeah. way. Yeah, I was I was like here I am, I'm going to do like Western ceremonial cults. So that book, I was like, I know, I know my, my path now, you know? Um, and so then I started absorbing everything. I started attempting various things. Um, I remember I started doing the LBRP once a day, mm -hmm. um, which was, I I've kept doing that to present day. I, I've done, I don't even know how many LBRPs I've done. So oh, I, I mean, thousands, thousands. I would, definitely thousands it's, it's definitely in that range now I remember the first you, time I do you do the lbrp or because crowley has his version yeah the star ruby the star ruby that's it yeah so my this is upge this isn't like how crowley explains it i find the lbrp is better it's just my own experience better as a daily and star ruby's better before doing a ritual i've just found that that tends to work better because they feel just a little bit different because hmm. um, there are things that are changed between the two of them. I find like doing the star Ruby right before I go to sleep isn't, doesn't quite work for me. I mean, I know people who do it that way, but I, I do both. I just do them for different things, if that makes any sense, yeah, but that's okay. all UPG, you know, that's just my own observations. Okay. But okay. Crowley's 
Crowley's verse, Crowley, so Crowley takes a lot of those like golden dawn rituals and sort of makes his own take on them, but some he doesn't have his own like rework of. So I just do some of the golden dawn rituals in my Thelemic practice because they're very, a lot of the ideas of the golden dawn and Thelema are pretty close on specific things. A lot of Thelemites I know do the golden dawn rituals. I think that there's, they work together very nicely. Right. Um, right and I'm right. not a Thelemite who thinks every single Thelemic thing you need. I don't, I, I really disagree with the perspective that Thelemites should only do exactly what Crowley came up with and what Crowley said. I think that kind of defeats a lot of the ideas of true will and whatnot. Um, so I, I do mostly Thelemic stuff, but I pull other things in and I think that's completely fine and makes sense personally. Um, I think it's very weird to follow like Thelema's ideas about individuality and true will. And then like LARP is Aleister Crowley. You know, I think that's a little, I, I have some issues with all that, but I think the Thelemic rituals are really great and I've had very great experiences with them. Yeah. Well, it, it's just like, yeah, it's just like some golden dawners that basically were like, well, if it wasn't written before 1900, like in between like 1888 and 1900, yeah. then it's not proper Golden Dawn. It's like that, I mean, that makes no sense because it's been 140 years um, since the founding of the Golden Dawn. If the Golden Dawn never schismed and- be new Golden Dawn rituals. Constantly, you know what I mean? And I mean, even yeah. with- Schism, you know, that's still Golden Dawn and that's new stuff being produced. Um, so yeah, it's to it's just it's a bizarre concept to me. But you know, like I I never took to the idea of like, you know, there's there's Celtic reconstructionists and Helen Helen yeah. reconstructionists and whatnot. I don't take to that just I mean I I, I have no desire to reconstruct a 4,000 year old practice because I like I'm not I'm not a stone age cow yeah you're not like a sumer in your like little cave yeah. I really know how people live 4,000 years ago yeah. <laughs> I like to picture like like just like cavemen like hanging out at stone age. yeah that, that was a little bit earlier than than 4,000 years ago history but, understander yeah, like, I'm not, here I'm not, I'm not I'm not a stone age cattle farmer um I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, practice magic or, or spirituality as one, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, like, I have no, um, real, uh, knowledge of, of Thelema or the, the, um, the community. So I don't know how prevalent that, that idea is that if Crowley yeah. didn't do it, it's not to be done. I don't know if that's big in Thelema. We actually have a term uh, to make fun of people who think that way called Crowleyanity. Um, Crowleyanity is when you act like Aleister Crowley's like infallible Jesus and yep. just essentially try to like role play as Crowley and never deviate from a word he says, never challenge any of his ideas that a lot of Thelemites like, you know, as Thelemites, we don't like, Crowley started Thelema. He's not like Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. So we actually critique like certain things he said. A lot of people will change certain things. Like that's completely fine. But there's definitely that group who are just, I, I really like the term Crowleyanity. It really amuses me. And I think it sums it up pretty well. Because this Crowley just- Crowley came up with the term Crowleyanity. He, so he and, and it was a, <laughs> was it a letter? 
that he wrote someone? Well, we use it very, we use it in a a very spicy, not nice way. Yeah, like you're using Crowleyanity in a different way. He was, I feel like it was a letter he was writing to someone. I don't think it was like a diary entry anywhere. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to think, but he he uses the term Crowleyanity as like, you know, all things Crowley and you know all of his yeah. and his writings and and da 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 da. So yeah, um, yeah, that's I yeah I don't get it. I I I just I don't just I feel it. like my thoughts with all the reconstruction. I do a lot of things that are older in my practice, but I don't think that we should feel restricted to that because if these religions had been mainstream and survived, like they would not look how they did back then. You know what I mean? Like let's look at mainstream Christianity, like what the early Christians did and what modern Christians do. Even the Christians who call themselves like traditionalists, they still aren't, you know, perfectly doing what the very first people did. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to be a reconstructionist, that's great. I just personally, it doesn't really appeal to me because I find the idea that new equals bad is kind of weird reasoning you know just because it's a new idea doesn't mean it's bad because originally someone had to be the first person to say every idea you know everything starts as a new religious movement so yeah i mean you can make you know if if new equals bad then you can make that same argument with philema yeah Uh, because we're newer we're not ancient by any stretch of the imagination yeah 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 and you know you can be like well crowley just made this up and it's not true golden dawn stuff therefore it's invalid yeah so but it, can it really be invalid if it works though exactly well that's, that's my that, question yeah that's if exactly the works if the rituals work which i found they work how is it invalid like that you can think the lima's bad for whatever reason they're actually genuine good criticism of the lima that i do get why people have like you don't have to like Crowley. Crowley is extremely polarizing mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, but I think saying it's invalid if it works is a very weird. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. To take. exactly. Like that's kind of like the, if I close my eyes, it's not real type argument. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I do not see it does not exist. Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to talk about Philema more just because I don't know a lot about Philema, but yeah. before let's jump back for a second and how did you get into Thelema? And and what was it about Thelema? Because, you know, in, in you know, c- the current climate, um, Crowley is so polarizing. It's like, what is it about Crowley? And this is where, like I said, like where my lack of knowledge of Thelema comes in because I'm thinking, okay, Georgina Rose is a young, early 20s, woman what was it about Crowley that she's like oh yeah I yeah I'm all in you know because <laughs> I think Thelema equals Crowley you know what I mean where I'm pretty sure you can probably be a pretty decent um effective um Thelemite ritual magician without a lot of Crowley 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 you know on your mind all the time but yeah. Like I said, that's just like, because I don't know a lot about Thelema. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, a a 20-year-old woman in this climate is like, oh, Crowley, yeah, I got to have me some of that. (laughs) So, you know, I just, yeah. So, so how did you get into Thelema? Like, like what, what was it was like, ding, 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 this is it. 
Yeah. Um, so I got into Thelema because I was researching ceremonial magic more generally. And I started like reading Crowley's stuff and I liked the way he explained things in terms of Crowley as a person. Um, I find a lot of his exploits entertaining, but I do have, I, I don't think the two of us would have actually gotten along very well mm. if we would have met. Um, I think, I think we wouldn't have meshed too well, but I think his ideas are really great. Um, I don't think you can fully like remove, like the Thelema Crowley thing, Crowley is a part of Thelema. I don't really think you can take Crowley out of it. People have tried, um, but Thelema is as well bigger than Crowley. Um, yeah. I personally really like like Jack Parsons and the stuff that he wrote. I think his work's really good. I've been getting into Frater Akkad recently. There's Kenneth Grant, though I'm not a Typhonian. So there are more people than Crowley that are part of the Thelema conversation, but Crowley is obviously the loudest voice. Uh, you can't separate Thelema from Crowley's ideas to a certain extent. You you can separate it a little bit. You can be like Crowley critical, but I don't fully think you can like extract Crowley out of Thelema. Right, Personally, right. I do have some critiques of Crowley, but I find his rituals work very well. Like if you try them, like you will feel a lot. You'll have a very profound experience. I think his insights on occultism, I mean, they shaped modern occultism in a lot of ways. I think that he's like his, his ideas on why magic works, why, like he explains things in that way that I think a lot of very recent occult material and conversations kind of skip. Um, I think the way he syncretizes so many things is really impressive and yeah. something that I really like because I think syncretism is a beautiful thing, which in a way is almost a controversial thing to say in this climate. Um, as syncretism has become a big, or in my, in my generation of people, a big sort of divisive debate almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I don't want to get into yeah, that no, we yeah, here for like five hours. Yeah, we can, we can skip that. Definitely. Yeah, but I'm definitely on the syncretism side of things. And I, I do really like the idea of true will. Um, it's something I really connect with and something that has really empowered me in a lot of ways like thinking about that whole notion has really helped me make decisions for me and really improve my quality of life i found that it works for me and i found that it's really helped me yeah um, so, so, yeah. so you're reading crowley's works was there a point like were you kind of say focused on his works and you know crowley is just you know a, a, an occultist from 100 years ago an author and then you kind of found out, you learned about Crowley and, and his exploits and, and whatnot, yeah. or, or did that happen all at the same time? So I was reading his occult works before I knew a lot about him. I knew who he was, right? Like, I think pretty much everyone knows in the occult community who Crowley is to some yeah. degree. Yeah. But then I really wanted to research who is he? What are these? Why, why do people hate him? That was the real thing that, that I was like, I don't really get why he's so disliked, you know? Mm -hmm. So when you, when, so when you were learning about his, his life and, and whatnot, where did that give you any sort of pause? Um, sir. So, so there are certain things that definitely I was surprised by, but the thing is a lot of the really negative stuff about his life are grossly exaggerated. Mm. Like if you actually read confessions or, Paradoarbo or like any sort of biography of him or his own writings on what goes on in his personal life, it's nowhere near the level that people build it up to be. I feel like when I was reading through his works, it was deconstructing a lot of the misconceptions I had heard, you know, like a lot of these things that I'd heard about Crowley, I was like, oh wait, that's actually false. That's entirely false. Yeah. 
Um, and so, I don't know. I find his life very fascinating now. Oh, absolutely. Um, like if you scroll through my TikTok, I make a lot of like Crowley history memes, basically. Um, that's the best way to explain them. Because yeah, his yeah. life is, there's a lot of just fascinating stuff that happened. But I learned the occult stuff first and then about him. I think his occult work is more important than, maybe this is a hot take, is a lot more important than his like crazy exploits and you know, him going and having a, in a, like a whole thing with Victor Newberg and climbing K2, like all that stuff, I think is secondary to me. Mm-hmm. Like his occult stuff, I think directly impacts me and matters a bit more than all the, the sort of wild stories about him. But I'm not going to deny that the wild stories are fascinating and fun is a very weird word to use. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. To read about well entertaining i mean you know they're entertaining i think the stairs story has to be one of my favorites i entertaining is i think is an okay word to use because i mean we're entertained by murder and bloodshed in movies and television shows so i think it's okay yeah. to say that his exploits are entertaining they're entertaining yeah like um, I remember I was reading through the National Geographic article about his K because he he led the first manned expedition up K2. Hmm. Um, they did not get to the top. I was, yeah. <laughs> they kind of crashed and burned. Um, <laughs> but reading that story, I remember I was reading it and I was almost laughing and I was like, what's, I was like, what am I reading? Because I didn't even heard about that, uh, which was weird because um, I grew up around like my family was like really outdoorsy growing up, like. Uh, my my dad was a huge cyclist and so I grew up around like all these like outdoorsy stuff and so I was reading all the mountaineering stuff and I was like how have I never heard of this also what the fuck is happening (laughs) Um, I highly recommend uh reading there's it's by Nat Geo it's on their website there's an article about um Crowley's K2 expedition and the way they write like the way they explain things is just really funny because the person clearly doesn't know what the occult is who's like writing the article there's some sort of you know, sports correspondent. And they're like, he, it, my favorite is the line, he appears, he may appear satanic, but according to him, there is a difference. Like, it's just the way it's written is just so funny. Also, like those old journalism articles where it's like, wickedest man in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all those sort of like tabloid articles about him. I love reading them. They're, yeah. they, they're, they're so wrong. Like, there's so many misconceptions in there, but there's, like the way they would act like he was like the end of the world is just. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny about that because, you know, they're, they're writing all of these horrible uh, articles about him and it's like, well, he, he loves that. He doesn't doesn't write about him as long as you're writing about him. Yeah, he was the original troll. Like, I really, he was a troll. That's a good way to put it. Like, he knew that if he said all these super crazy things, like about the the eating babies joke, which is not about real baby, look it up. Yeah. But, um, like, things like that. I mean, it spread Thelema. It spread his ideas. It honestly worked for him. Now it makes my cleanup job and YouTube comments a bit of a hard, hard, hard (laughs) sell. But (laughs) it did spread Thelema. We got to give him points for that. Yeah. I feel like Philema right. would not be as well known if he didn't do all that stuff. Like, oh, uh, no, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know, because we all at one time or another, like, oh, I, I need to 
find out about this Crowley guy. Like I heard this, I heard that, you know? So I have like half a bookshelf of biographies on Crowley. Like I said, I never took to Thelema. It never, it never called to me, but I mean, I've spent a whole lot of money just on biographies, just because, just because like, you know, the occult community, like, oh, Crowley, you know, I like to imagine if Crowley was alive now, half of a cult Twitter would have him blocked. Oh God. Yeah. I certainly (laughs) would. Um, I'd be like, break more, more, just, just keep shit posting. Like (laughs) just keep going, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I find people's reactions uh, to Crowley in the occult community and more specifically in the pagan community to be very interesting because especially especially with uh, pagans um, because you listen to them and their criticisms of Crowley and why he's so evil yeah literal satan yeah and it's like um you're you're kind of like a non-monotheistic christian because like you you believe in all these gods but like you're literally that crazy preacher in yeah the right now you know what Crowley's, i mean Crowley's so bad because he did something edgy yeah. And, Ooh. you know, it, it just surprised me to like, like us pagans, we love to talk about how um, it's moralizing is what it is. It's yeah. Yeah. But, but how like we've, we've chucked off, you know, the, the yoke of Christianity and blah, 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 blah. And, and then, you know, they, they're like, oh, well, Crowley's evil and, you know, sex work is, is, is horrible. And, and, blah 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 oh uh Gerald Gardner was a pervert blah 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 it's like okay zip up your pants your Christianity showing no it's cultural Christianity like I fully believe cultural Christianity and especially people who are so so two things why I think this happens one I think we have cultural Christianity here in the U.S. I think that whether like our culture is so heavily influenced by Christian teaching Mm -hmm. and philosophy it's essentially a cultural overtone to a certain degree Two, people who are ex-Christians who don't fully deconstruct when they're entering pagans, which I've admitted, uh, I talk about it in the OWAS, the fuck, Magnolias and Magic episode. <laughs> that will, I, sorry for swearing. I did not mean to. Okay, swear um, away. I mean, that I, should be coming out. I hate kids. Two days after this goes up. We talk I hate a lot kids, about. I don't, I, I have no kids watching my, my podcast. So there you go. Yeah. So I know like in that episode, we're talk, we talk a little bit about this, but like, it's really hard to get some of those internalized Christian ideas out of your head, oh, especially things like hell, sin. Like it takes years to fully unlearn that and to integrate into a new framework of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of pagans have just not done that work and it just hasn't yeah. happened yet, which I understand. I mean, I had the nagging fear of hell for quite some time. Uh, now I don't worry about it. Um, but it was definitely something that took a while to get out. And I think it's like that type of mentality. And, and sometimes yeah. it's even subconscious. I don't even think some people are fully aware of it. Oh, know? absolutely. I, I just find it amusing though. You know, when, oh, yeah. when you, when you see this kind of thing going on, on like Twitter or whatever, social media, yeah. like you're like, you're, you're a Christian. You, yeah. 
you're a Christian, so, you know. Also, like, can we talk about literal, like, okay, look, look, if you're gonna criticize Crowley, why are you just going after that he was, like, why are you going after the slut shamey type things? There, look, there are other things that you can poke at, <laughs> you know? It, yeah. If you're gonna critique Crowley, spice it up with your critique. Yeah. yeah. I want some new quotes, okay? Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, it, it's some of the stuff I, I think that gets um, really overlooked that's kind of like you're criticizing this guy that's been dead for over 50 years. years. Um, He's been dead for a hot minute. Yeah, um, for X. Um, which is like a, a like a just a, like a blown out of proportion story. Meanwhile, here's this floating around, and you're not even bothering to to touch it. Like no one is like, oh, he was so racist. Da 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 da. Everyone's like, oh, he was the wickedest man in the world. Oh, like well, oh, number one, no. Number two, um, we're, we're I love Crowley is the wickedest man in the world because Crowley was alive while Stalin and Hitler were alive. Like you're really gonna put Crowley on the top of that list. You know, yeah, exactly. So like of all people, yeah, there yeah. there were way worse people and, alive than oh, Crowley he was. He broke his oaths, he broke his oaths, he published the Golden Dawn rituals oh, in, in the Equinox. Do you own the black brick? He yeah, yeah. Well, okay, well, okay. Here's the thing. So he published the Golden Dawn rituals in his Equinox. Um, however, he didn't take the rituals that he had on paper and here you go it's in the equinox now they were kind of like like breakdown sort of like yeah you know like sort of like step-by-step breakdown as opposed to the full rituals but he's bad he broke his oath his, his well, da, da, da. but look, everyone praises everyone praises israel regardi for publishing all the rituals in full and saving the golden dawn look if you learned the Golden Dawn rituals from the Equinox, you cannot, you do not have the right to critique Crowley for that because you benefited from it. Yeah. That's yeah. my hot take. Yeah. You're going to be mad about Crowley being an oathbreaker. Where'd you learn them? Yeah. But that also, you know, that mentality also shows like your bias because he, like he, like I said, he didn't even publish them in full. But yet everyone praises Israel Regardi for publishing the rituals in full. Criticisms of all the errors and omissions aside, let's just forget about that because that's not the point. Um, he published all of it. Golden Dawn material in full, and everyone praises him as the savior of the Golden Dawn because back then everyone thought the Golden Dawn was non-existent, which turns out isn't true. But but he wasn't, you know, Israel Bugatti was never controversial where nope. Crowley was. So you're really showing your bias because Crowley's this horrible oath breaker, yet Bugatti's Bugatti is, is the savior of the Golden Dawn. So it, it just goes back to that. Yeah. That's I find that all very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Lux Files. I'm not just the host of this podcast. I'm also the owner of Lelo Gonzalez. I make 
beeswax and scented spell candles, loose stick and liquid incense, anointing oils and bath salts. So once you're done listening to this episode, why don't you head on over to my website at www.leilokanzawan.com and check out my products. For your convenience, the link to the website is also in the show notes. Thelema is a religion. It's not a magical system like the Golden Dawn is a magical system. Like, like there's a religious component to Thelema, or is that in certain, like, I, I know like there's the AA, there's the OTO, and then the, I'm going to say EGC because- yeah. Every time I try to say like Ecclesia, it's a, it's a hard uh, word. I get it. Fale or whatever. And I'm not sure. I, I know they're different, but okay. but I can break it down. They all have they're they're all Thelema. And so it's like, yeah. So Thelema is three things at once. This is how I explain it. It's threefold. You only really need to do one of these things to be a Thelemite. Most you all three. Thelema's a religion, a magical system, and a philosophy. It's essentially three in one. Mm-hmm. Technically, to be a Thelemite, all you need to do is to follow your true will. That's the most important thing. That's the key to all of it. All the rest is in service of the true will. So technically, as long as you're following your true will, you actually are a Thelemite. But most people, when they talk about Thelema, are talking about all three of them like smashed together. Yeah. Right? Like, there are a lot of people who are like practice the Thelema rituals that don't subscribe to the true will stuff or like the religious side. And they're still like Thelema adjacent. So it's three in one. Um, oh, some people are like, you know, a mix of those things. But I think really like as long as you have one of those components, you're a Thelemite in my mind, because true will is the whole point. That's why you do all the rituals, right? The rituals aren't doing like the point of doing all the rituals is to help you follow your true will. And then in turn, great work, blah, 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 blah. Um, so that's like, it's all those EGC OTO an AA. So AA is, so Crowley started the AA and then overtook the OTO. AA Mm -hmm. is a teaching order. Um, There are about like 10 different groups claiming to be the AA right now. Um, Who is the true AA is like the debate of the Thelema community. Um, I'm not going to get into my opinions on that, but there are a bunch of different lineages that are the AA. So there are multiple AAs. It's echoes of, of the Golden Dawn yeah the lineage so it's like that that. it's boring the oto is one organization uh the oto started in germany uh they were they were break off of freemasonry uh freemasonry yeeted them out for a variety of reasons um and crowley took them over and now it's a thelemic organization crowley basically like completely revamped the entire thing Mm -hmm. um and so modern oto is very thelema it's a thelemic group and under the OTO, there's the, the MMM, which is like their initiatory thing, their degrees. That's what people think of when they think of the OTO. And then there's the EGC, which is their like, um, they do like the Gnostic mass and stuff like that. And so those both are sub parts of the OTO. Oh, I forgot about MMM. Yeah. So. In... And there are more groups than that. Um, there are also other groups that are Thelemic. Um, there are other orders that sort of are schism breakoffs of the OTO. Uh, basically, put TNO in a random letter generator and just click for a while. You'll come up with all the names of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean that with love. I'm sorry, TTO and TOT. <laughs> there are a ton of look. It's all it's all versions of TNO. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I again, like you can be having this conversation about the Golden Dawn and and yeah, and then there's some other ones and, and all the different um, the different orders and you know all the, the letter scramble. There's also Typhonian Order. There's mm -hmm. Temple of Our Lady of the Abyss. There, there's some other ones. They're, they get small, but the big two are OTO and AA. Right. So the AA, the A. Uh, I see. I, I guess what because I I don't, you know how you know it's just human nature to want to fit yeah. everything neatly into a box. So I'm thinking like AA and OTO are so different. Like they're different organizations. They're quite different, and they're not connected. There is yeah. one AA lineage that is like the main OTO approved lineage. Basically, they're like friends. That's a really weird friends is probably not the right word, but there's like the OTO approved AA lineage, but so you can, but a lot of people are only part of, the a lot of people are only part of one. So like okay. a lot of people are only OTO and a lot of people are only AA. And okay. then there's obviously the other, the small ones. And their practices are different. Yes. Um, they're both Thelema. A lot of the rituals that are technically like AA rituals get taught by other Thelemic groups. Like the OTO does explain things but it's, it's basically just different structure is a good way to think about it because aa you get assigned a mentor and oto is a social thing so like mm -hmm. oto you go and you're with a group big group of people that's like the big difference whereas aa is like one-on-one -on -one. and is o is oto more more and I, I don't mean the structure of the oto but is the oto more masonic where it's it's more social fraternal as opposed yes. to like the golden dawn has that that masonic framework but they're a magical order so they're they're doing ritual and training teaching and all that it's not so much like like a social um yeah a, a social fraternal uh organization the way that you know like the masons show up to the meeting and have a lecture and then drink um yeah. is, so basically how the way oto works is it's it's not as social as the mason but there is a social element so like mm -hmm. if you go to a ritual sometimes people will like get dinner afterwards and stuff so it's in the middle i would say i'm not an act just for heads up i'm not an active oto member and oto lodges are all individually run so they actually vary a lot based on people i've talked to in different cities um because each OTO lodge, like there's a council sort of, but they're very independent. Um, and the OTO is actually pretty controversial within Thelema. Um, they're, I'm neutral on the whole thing. I think everyone's experiences are different. So I don't have a strong statement on like the o OTO good, OTO bad polarization debate okay. that some people have. Um, but I, I've, what I've, I've noticed is people in different cities have really different experiences with the OTO. Right, right, because right. they're so independently run but in general it sort of works the same way um so i'm not a member but i'm not i'm very neutral on the oto basically like right 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 so the mmm that's the blah 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 mysterium mystica whatever yeah. it's called, that's part of the oto as well yeah it's part of the oto egc oh. and mmm are both part of the oto oh the OTO's like the, okay i didn't know that so why so what what are the differences like why would they have different um organizations um do different things so the mmm is the degree stuff and like the like 
OTO, OTO stuff, the EGC does Gnostic Mass, basically. And like does public stuff. EGC is more public than MMM. Okay. Basically. Yeah, that's... They're all OTO. Yeah, they're all, they're both OTO, yeah. And then oh. you do get some of the OTO splinter groups like TTO, TOT. There's some others. Those are the two, the two first ones I think of are those two because those are the two that I've met people who are part of them. Yeah. Um, they work pretty similarly, but they're all structured a little differently. And they're also very small. Okay. They're kind of like OTO, but OTO too. And they, there are various reasons why they've split off. I, I think you, Golden Dawn, you guys can probably relate to the yeah, the, like nineteen splinter. Yeah, Belmites. Look, this is the thing about yeah. Belmites. We're very the whole true will thing. It makes us very set in our ways, <laughs> uh, and we have a little bit of a stubborn quality to us. Um, so. <laughs> Thelemites, there's there's this meme that was posted the other day. Um, the only people who dislike Thelemites more than people who are against the Lima are other Thelemites. Mm. Um, and it cracked me up. Um, they, we definitely are um, willful people, if, if that. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? There's, I mean, like Golden Dawn magicians, you know, they're working um, uh, with their, their true will. Yeah. Just like, you know, yeah. thermites, but it's see on the outside, at least it seems like, like Philema kind of takes it to a different level. Yes. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I can see where that, you know, not placing more emphasis on it. Cause that's not, that's not correct, but taking it to another level, I can see where then in a, in a organization, um of 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 people uh where that would be pretty problematic i mean any organization of people because i mean the problem with organizations of people are the people, people you know yeah. i mean because and i don't care how how long you've been a magician how effective you are how how mystical and all these these great higher experiences um you're still human. a human and and you're subject subjected to you know human um foibles so okay. these you know these are organizations of people there's going to be falling out there's going to be schisms there's going to be yeah. you know groups and lodges co collapsing that's just it's that's just being a person you know it, it really is it really is um you know that's why like like these whole like claims of lineage and oh that's not real oto we're real oto oh yeah. the only it's, aa it gets even more complicated when there are some people who like put the split instead of the like oto that everyone knows what they're like it's the caliphate oto it's only one of the otos and then i'm like we're getting too deep mm. getting too deep now okay it's yeah. right it's c-o-t-o like people it's typically people who are really anti-o-t-o who are like that's the caliph they're the other organizations are also a whole thing yeah it's yeah it's a big incestuous mess yep yeah, yeah. but i think that's every occult organization to be completely honest. absolutely i don't think it's exclusive to us no no absolutely not and the thing too i mean you know uh Covens, you know, uh, witchcraft covens. Uh, so they do the same covens. thing. It I all, would guess. 
you know, like, and, and it's always presented as failures. The coven failed. And the thing is, is that, you know, with these organizations, whether it's Golden Dawn or AA or OTO or Wicca or neo-paganism, the one thing that they all lack is something that you can give the church credit for. And that is having a framework in place to deal with personalities and conflicts and, you know, conflict resolution um, where, you know, they have that in place. So the whole thing doesn't collapse because, you know, the Pope is the holiest of the holies. Okay, fine. Believe it or not, doesn't matter. But the Cardinals, you know, they're, they're the holy of the holies, but they're still human beings. You know, when, when, uh, the Pope dies, how many cardinals want to be pope you're getting so the many. politics you're getting the backstabbing you're getting the conniving why oh, yeah. because the, it's not because they're not spiritual it's because they're human yeah no any yeah. spiritual organization is going to have problems i think yeah. it's more pronounced in pagan groups because they're small you yeah. know like yeah. all these orders they're they're not the same size as catholicism you know yeah. i think we can honestly maybe this is a hot take learn from like organized religions of mm-hmm. other faiths because yeah. we can see where they've succeeded and failed like i think there's certain things we could take note from the yeah. church from to like see where they've put things in structure i think we can learn from that i know yeah. people are very averse to or some pagans are very averse to christianity but i think certain ways that the church functions could actually be something we could learn from like regular meetings doing like outreach and volunteer work you know i feel like things like that like we could actually learn from but I mean if 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 you're so uncomfortable with the the just the word Christianity as a pagan then then find another organization there are other organized religions there's like Judaism has a whole thing yeah um Um, where where it, it has that framework in place you know to to deal with personalities and conflict resolution and 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 learn from that it could be a corporation or a charity or some other religion it, you know you don't have to you know knock on you know christianity's door and say oh i need some teaching from you in this subject you can you can find it anywhere um but you know like uh, you know us pagans i was just having a conversation with a friend of mine about this the other day we overemphasize um uh you know um the, the tearing down of, of hierarchy, because of course, hierarchy in some people's minds equals patriarchy. And, um, and like, we, we, we make such a big deal and are proud of tearing down institutions, but we don't put anything in their place. Yes. So we, we tear down, you know, hierarchy and, and structure within our groups we pretend we're all equal and democratic and just because just because you're democratic doesn't mean everyone is equal 100 equal because you know you're you're going to have people that tend to be more leader people that never want to put in the extra work and so so we pretend we're democratic and equal and 
what happens when you're when, when you pretend that you don't have any leaders in a group of 15 people if there's three people that want to be leader there's going That's to be going to cause problems yeah no matter how ascended and, you are yeah we're and, still and subject to petty human problems yeah and these groups have no um nothing in place no safeguards no no training no no conflict resolution because because we because those are part of the the institution structures that we are so proud that we tore down and destroyed you know so yeah it's it's just sorry well the problem with organized religion is not that it's organized it's the things that come with that you know i think that we, we definitely, because a lot of people get into paganism and the occult after, I mean, really bad experiences with the church. Mm-hmm. Like personally, that wasn't my story, but I know a lot of people do get into this stuff after having a negative experience with something else. And so they go like this reaction, like hard the other direction, like the pendulum swings too far. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it oh, yeah. Yeah. Own set of problems. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's just human nature. And um, I think schisms actually uh can be beneficial to an organization because you have you have the let's say the thelemites that are like okay if crowley didn't say it or write it you can't do it and then you have the thelemites that are like we need to grow this yeah split off well that's kind of what's been happening recently so i said the word schism on twitter people got mad at me um but there's been a big Thelema is kind of falling into two camps. I've noticed this. I've observed this. People, they use different terms for themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Gray, Scarlet Imprint says progressive Thelema. Some people threw around post Thelema. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of terms, like these people who are like reformist. I think that's the best word for them. There are a lot of different ones. Some of them do not like each other. Um, but there are a lot of groups that I would say are in this camp where they want to. My favorite of them, there's one called Temple of Our Lady of the Abyss. I really like what they do. But they're these group of Thelemites who are very critical of Crowley, like very critical. They're Thelemites, but they want to distance themselves from some of the more toxic elements. They're typically more anti-hierarchy, whereas the other Thelemites are really pro that. Um, and they're a l- not more eclectic, but they tend to move a little in that direction. Okay. Um, I feel like that camp and the other camp, which are typically like OTO members, you know, I call them traditional Thelemites. This is not like a real term. Mm-hmm. I throw it around to separate, but um, like the people who are very much into the OTO, the degrees, they're a little bit more formal um, and they are more traditional in their thinking and they're much more pro Crowley. I feel like Thelema is falling into the schism personally. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. observed this. I don't know if anything's ever going to come from it, but Thelema is definitely breaking into these two separate camps. Right. Um, And so I think it wouldn't be a bad idea for them to kind of split off. I mean, we've got organizations that are pretty solidly in one camp or the other. Yeah. Like Temple of Our Lady of the Abyss and the OTO are pretty clearly sort of on one side and the other side of this. But I think that Thelema could use maybe a split. Not Well, not a split. That's, That's not what I want. But I think that we should be okay with like, hey, we're both Thelemites. We're kind of like different types of Thelemites. Like the Typhonian Thelemites, they're still Thelemites, but they're definitely separate from the rest of us. You know, like I think they could do something like that. Give themselves a little addition. Yeah. I like the term progressive Thelema. You know, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Or something like that. I think it's good for organizations, you know, because 
if you and I are, are butting heads in our lodge, that's going to cause problems and harmony for the lodge. So let's split. You're going to yeah. do, you're going to have your lodge with your approach. I'm going to have my lodge with my approach and someone from my lodge and someone from your lodge, they'll end up splitting. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with it because no. some of my groups are already small, you yeah. know, they're pretty small organizations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we've and already that, got freaking 15 OTO splinters. Yeah. And I mean, ETOs, the TOTs. You, yeah. You can split the with world without, without a lot of drama, just because I am pro Crowley and you want to distance yourself from Crowley or vice versa, whatever. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. Doesn't, that's kind of a big debate to be yeah, honest. Doesn't mean, okay, well that we have a, a, a different opinion. So therefore we both hate each other. So let's have all of this drama while we're schisming. No, let's stay friends because we've been friends for 10 years. Yeah, uh, And we have similar ideas. There's not I consider myself sort of in the middle of these two mm, camps. Yeah. You know, I don't really see myself. I yeah. don't know. I see both sides of the argument with Crowley. You know, yeah. I see both sides. I think both sides have a really good point. Yeah. Um, so I kind of fall somewhere in the center, but yeah. I think that it's, there's nothing wrong with, you know, splitting. Like we already uh, got the Typhonians. Yeah. They're already their own, their own sect, their own little club. They got their own order, you know, Yeah. the Typhonians are still. The ones. Yeah. And, you know, you it, know? It, well, and that's the thing, like a lot of people, um, you know, when they talk about the golden dawn or oh, the golden dawn ended in, in 1900 uh, when there was a schism. Well, no schism doesn't mean an organization is ended. A schism mean an, the organization is expanding. Yes, yeah, schisms you know. are not inherently bad. Um, I remember yeah. when I did my, I did a Golden Dawn video. I explained that like the very OG Golden Dawn is not really around, but there are a ton of Golden Dawn related, adjacent living Golden Dawn groups, if that makes sense. That's kind of how I tried to explain it. I'm like, the Golden Dawn's not dead. The Golden Dawn isn't gone, but the Golden Dawn is split into little, like it's, it's not, it's not yeah, gone it's, though, it's, you it's know? Evolved, you know, and you have, um, uh, you know, the, the original schism, and then you have uh, orders born out of those schisms. It, it didn't stop in, in 1900. It just, it changed and it, it, it evolved. And um, every group will, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, there's nothing wrong with the schism. It's the way the people act around the schism that's the problem you don't have to be enemies just because you don't agree on this one thing yep which we have some shit throwing going on if you've ever scrolled through um thelemic union they're a thelemic news site i love thelemic union i've done a piece for them they're very good um you can scroll through and you can see a lot of these like rebuttal pieces back and forth right 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 okay like arguing with each other and i'm like i don't know sometimes i I think it'd be a little my problem is not like these people disagreeing and debating. I think some of it gets a little too personal, if that mm-hmm. makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the players involved take it very personally, you yeah. know? And I'm like, I think we can just like politely, I don't know. You know, I, I say this so much that it, it's almost becoming like cliche and it almost sounds stupid, but it's like, you know, like I don't have time. I'm too busy doing the work. You, yeah. you, can talk about the work and and you can write your 
rebuttal letters and spend time doing that, I'm going to be <laughs> doing the work. So yeah. sorry, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. That's why I try not to devote my platform to like the Thelema tea, you know, like my YouTube yeah. channel's educational. My podcast is typically broad spiritual topics. It's not like, like, I don't go, today we're going to talk about how the Thelemites are arguing again. Right, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I avoid yeah. like going, and I even this video, this recording, I mean, I, I don't name people. I'm not naming anything too direct because yeah. I find it all tiring and I'm not invested in much, much of it because I'm not in any of these groups. You're you're so, basically like your book learned film. Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm you're a not, solitary You're though. not like AA or OTO or, no. or anything like that. So yeah, I'm just kind of like watching. <laughs> right. You, you don't have like that personal investment in no. what's going on as well but i mean even if you and i don't mean you specifically i'm just you you know that general con, you, yes the um, wider you, the collective you. yeah even you know if if you're in an organization that's having these problems you know you have a personal investment again it doesn't mean personal investment does not mean having creating or participating engaging in drama and hate we disagree with each other on this one small point. Okay, fine. I'm going to go my way. You're going to go your way. Let's do our own thing. We're expanding Philema or GD or Wicca or whatever. And let's just get on with doing the work. Yeah, well, because you can, in my opinion, like I know people who are OTO members and I know people who are anti, like there's people who are even kicked out of the OTO and for various reasons who I've spoken to and I try to remain civil with all these people because we're disagreeing on an organization, not, we still share most of our ideas. There's this term called the narcissism of small differences, mm. um, where basically people get more combative with people who share most of their ideas, but have small things apart than people who are wildly different. It's why when you watch like religious debates, it's almost always like the Typhonian versus the traditional Thelemite, not the Hindu versus the Jewish person, right? Like we get into these super small things and they become almost bigger than these wider disagreements. We forget that in general, we agree on almost everything. We disagree on like three things. Right, the right. The right. disagree about are like five different things. Like it's not much. Yeah. In general, we agree on pretty much everything else. They're just certain things that make us go back and forth. And I'm like, we can disagree on these small things and still treat each other kindly, not shit throw. Um, and discuss them in a more polite way you know like I don't think we need to we can disagree on these things and still get along is what I'm yeah. saying like yeah absolutely of course of course now one thing that I wanted and I almost forgot to ask you this um that I wanted uh, to uh talk about um is the the role of the scarlet woman yes now I have my idea of what the scarlet, like the role of the scarlet woman in Philema. Like I'm thinking like, you know, there's like a, a um, sort of like a magical partnership, you know, that yeah. male, you know, polarity as opposed to scarlet woman, some whore that's just, yeah. you know, like, you know. Um, yeah, sexy, sexy baby loin. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> like uh, the, the like you know, like she's just basically the naked altar. Um, yeah, which is so. I you know so I, that's just my assumption because You're I'm correct. Sure, 
Oh, okay. Okay. I kind oh, of, yeah. like, there's got to be more because yeah, I, I feel like there's enough emphasis on the importance of the Scarlet Woman to be more than just the naked that, that gets, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I figured it was actually more of like a, like a, an actual partnership, but yeah. can we talk it's a little bit them- about that? Yeah, well, the Scarlet Woman is, first of all, the most misinterpreted idea in Thelema. I think that's there, personally. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Babylon and the Scarlet Woman have been wildly misinterpreted. Right. So the Scarlet Woman gets portrayed, and I, I actually had it in my YouTube intro for a long time, but I swapped it because I was tired of annoying comments um, from people who didn't know. Yeah. But basically, a lot of people think Scarlet Woman is sexy lady whose legs are open all the time, waifu like she's pure hypersexuality and it's like this you know the madonna whore complex i feel like some thelemic men are like in the old aeon women were prudes so now let's see all thelemic women as sluts which is super damaging and causes Mm. actual problems within thelema right like real problems talk to any thelemic woman you're gonna hear someone at least one person in the room, if you're with a room of filmic women, is going to have a story about how some guy was like convinced that, that she's their scarlet woman and is just, look, filmic men listening to this, dear Thelema bros, <laughs> telling a woman she is your scarlet woman is not a good pickup line, okay? She will not get coffee with you after ritual if you do that. Will not work. Do not do it. Anyway, PSA over. Basically, the Scarlet Woman is a very complex thing, and the Scarlet Woman is much more about fulfilling a magical purpose in very specific rituals. And the Scarlet Woman is also like not just any sexy wo- any woman you find pretty. That's, that's not how that works. Right. Um, it's a very specific thing and has very specific Kabbalistic and Thelemic implications metaphysically. Like it represents, and it's it's not like the woman who has no boundaries it's not the woman who does whatever you want it's actually the reverse of it the scarlet woman is a gateway into a higher level of understanding she's not a woman with no boundaries that's that's not it and that type of thinking causes real tangible harm you know Mm -hmm. because when men interpret it that way rather than understanding that like the scarlet woman is such a specific thing and a gateway to very specific ritual processes it's it creates problems, you know, like men who think that it's pretty woman who will give me all enlightenment, I don't have to work, you know, (sighs) creates some not fun conversations. Yeah, yeah. Now, is there a role for the Scarlet? So you have a, you're working in a magical partnership with an individual. Yeah. Are you the Scarlet Woman in all of those magical workings or is it just sex magic when when a a woman is a Scarlet Woman and- Yeah, I think people take it in a very sexual direction because they're definitely, Crowley likes to use sex as a metaphor for everything, right? Um, Because sex is the representation of the bringing of life. So it's a microcosm of any magical working, right? Because when you do something, you make something happen, you give birth to, you know, whatever you're trying to manifest. So that's why the sex thing is so heavy because it's, 
you know, it's the creation of life. That's sort of the ultimate act of magic, right? Um, so when we talk about rituals, you can, there are other ways to sort of represent that. Mm -hmm. um, and the Scarlet Woman is a little looser than like just one thing you embody for like two rituals. It's kind of more of a role. It gets really complicated. I'm trying to like simplify it down as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have to talk for 10 years. Um, and I'm assuming like the average person listening to this isn't like super, super versed in all the nuances, but more or less it's a role and not everything Scarlet Woman related is sexual, though that stuff does happen. Yeah. Um, the sex magic is also way less exciting than I think people think it is. You know, I, I think it gets because of Crowley's exploits, like this, this feeling, this like sensational feeling when a lot of the times it's just you with one other person who most of the time the person's dating. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's also, we're talking about scandalous by 1910 standards. Like they made this TV show called Strange Angel about Thelema a couple years back. Mm -hmm. And they had to up everything because they thought the Thelemic rituals were not sensational enough. They, they literally, they were not like, you know, so much of what we do, um, you know, our costumes can be great. Our tools can be great. And they, they um, translate well on camera, but the rituals don't. And no. you know, like when you're in full ritual mode and everything is on points and everything's happening the way it should be happening, how powerful it feels. Well, it, feels powerful it doesn't look powerful anyone on the outside looking in it would looks dorky it, it looks totally dorky totally like dorky. i don't know a better word like the oh in the vibrating for you know for that small amount of time you're you know you're 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 standing in front of your altar you're the god of this mini universe that you've created and you're the most powerful thing in that universe yeah but you look like a dork yeah like i i was so, watching the show and some thelemites were really mad because in i don't know if you know do you know what how gnostic mass kind of works uh, basically in gnostic mass there's a naked woman on an altar mm -hmm. right um, and the people who wrote Strange Angel said that was not exciting enough. So they like added oral sex to it, basically, right. which is not in actual Gnostic math. That's not there. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of Thalamites watching it were like really annoyed. And I'm like, if they put a whole Gnostic mass in there, that'd be an hour long episode of people like walking in circles and vibrating. And I'm like, that just wouldn't translate. Yeah. It just, you know, it, it annoys me like witches like actual witches when yeah. when a, a television show or a movie sensationalizes it and they're like nah, 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 nah. It, okay it's entertainment it's fiction I, I i don't hear you complaining about harry potter harry potter is you know what i mean <laughs> uh, um so <laughs> you you just need to relax because it's just entertainment number one and number two nothing that we do is exciting to the observer it's exciting to us and it's powerful to us but to an outside observer it's not exciting so they have to you know they have to spice have it up to it up absolutely one of my favorite movies is called a dark song oh that one's so good yeah now this woman and this magician go through the whole abermelon process and everything like there's nothing in in that movie that they're doing that's abramelin mm -hmm. 
And I mean, no. but if, 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 if the movie showed the first part of the Abermelt. Just the eating like, bread and praying. It, the eating it, only white bread. <laughs> it would be really boring. So yeah, let's <laughs> let's have her lay on the floor naked while he paints Chinese characters on her back because that's certainly a lot more interesting than eating and bread. You know what I mean? Silently eat your bread and <laughs> rainwater. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's still a great movie. It, it's it you is. Know, it's and, and for us occultists that know um, how powerful that process of eating bread is and praying is, um, we can translate that feeling into the sensationalism that we're seeing on camera and they actually harmonize really, really well. So I don't yeah. get when occultists and witches and, and thelemites get, oh, that's not what we do. No, yeah. but the power of that visual is matching the power of what's happening to you in ritual. Yeah. So for us, it, it harmonizes really well. For, yeah, like, for mundane people, it's just entertainment and they're gonna forget about the entire scene the next day, so it's not a big deal. So you need yeah, to relax. Like, like something that stands out in my head is when Strange Angel, the Thelema show, they'd had him do the bornless ritual and then he like, like fire erupts behind him. And I'm like, that fits the ritual tone. Like they use the actual ritual, like the script is correct. Yeah. And then there's like fire and I'm like, clapping i'm like yeah that's how it feels and i'm like they would just have him standing there saying those barbarous names that are like super hard to pronounce yeah you know like it would be rather bland yeah exactly i mean it has to be entertaining because they're creating entertainment but like you said you know when, when the fire erupts behind him that's what it feels like so i'm getting a visual representation of what i feel like so thank yeah. you for that but there's that harmony there. So, so for us occultists and witches and whatnot, I think we need to look at the the entertainment that is made out of magic uh, in a different way because I, I can't the the most elaborate ritual I can't feel myself doing and post it on YouTube and and have that same kind of. Um, exciting feel of of entertainment magic because it's just because it's not entertainment magic it's it's magic for for me within you know so give yeah. me entertainment magic so I can I can enjoy it so I can enjoy it but I can I can see a visual rep representation of what I'm feeling and I can put those two together and like good fiction it allows, I was saying this to, to Thorne Mooney um, when I did her episode, you know, like nonfiction books are good for theory and, and for, for practice, but allow yourself to be inspired by fiction books because fiction books allow you to dream. Yeah. So, you know, entertainment occultism can, can do that as well. So we need to be less uptight about that. I actually filmed myself doing a ritual and I never posted it. Mm. Um, I filmed a full Solomonic ritual I did. I put my camera on a tripod in the corner of my room and I did it and I filmed for like a long time and I, I uploaded it from my SD card, put it on my computer and I watched it and it was excruciatingly boring to watch. Yeah. I was gonna, I thought about it, I'm like, maybe if I put it on like a hundred speed and I tried that, I put it through like the speed filter and I like cranked it super high 
and it was just horrible to look at like I yeah. it was you couldn't follow it and I was like because someone really I really considered posting it like I was like I'll post a video of me doing a real ritual and I'm like nobody's gonna sit through this no no I mean an LBRP you know like that would be a good one to demo like I think for small yeah. rituals like that that makes yeah. sense but like filming a long ritual like I tried yeah I, I really <laughs> gave it a shot yeah just don't start filming for anyone out there that's listening don't start filming rituals like even small things like lbrp and post them online feeling like you're this this magician and everyone's gonna see you in performance and and just drop to their knees in praise of you because you're gonna look like an idiot like we we all look like an idiot doing ritual from the outside it, it's oh, yeah. you know and, and some of these rituals are so elegant and and the poetry and you know when I have all of my um my golden dawn tools the colors and the shapes and it's just fantastic yeah. um but that's within the the ritual space that's within the ritual those things probably like you know, golden dawn tools, you know, the way how colorful they are and like the flashing colors and whatnot, like they probably look more comical than oh, yeah. I I I yeah. will say I'm gonna offend the golden dawners. I have called the fire wand a butt plug yeah. as a joke. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> I mean well, I mean, let's look at the shape a little bit. You know. You can see. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's it's a wand like we're not talking about my mother you you didn't say oh your mother's a butt plug no you said uh, uh, the fire wand kind of looks like wand is a butt plug okay well you're talking about a wand you're not talking about my wand so relax ha 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 time um if it didn't look like a butt plug you wouldn't have been offended hearing someone say it looks like a butt plug you know, like yeah. if you said, if you said the, the earth pentacle looks like a butt plug, I wouldn't be offended because that just doesn't make any sense. From a distance. <laughs> like a, if you squint a little bit, you yeah. know. But it's- the fire wand looks like a butt plug and it, you're getting offended because it actually looks like a butt plug and you're offended that someone's pointing that out. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, yeah, I, I just... Well, it also, I, well, no, not every old person is relaxed. Um, but I, I find, uh, the older I get, the, the less intense I am in a lot of degrees. It's like, it's just, it's a harmless joke. Get over it. I'm harming, I'm harming a tool. I'm offending a tool. Yeah. Uh, And you're like the, the, um, the idea of of the wand you're not even talking about my wand you you're yeah, not you're not even talking about my specific wand like looking at it and sending out that butt plug energy into my tool you know what i mean like <laughs> butt plug energy <laughs> do you claim do you claim yeah so just, I'm, I'm sorry the do, the you, do you claim thing is so funny to me i i i don't know if you've seen the do you claim um, so it's a thing on TikTok where someone will pull a tarot card and it'll say like "like to claim." Um, oh no! Okay, no. I will say I'm not on TikTok. The only time. Yeah, I it's like a thing where people videos. pull a card for you and they'll ask, "Do you claim this energy?" Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, God, 
I, I don't agree with it, but I, I like just saying, do you claim? Yeah. I've picked it up. Yeah. I've been um Stockholm syndromed into it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not on TikTok um for obvious reasons. Probably good. Uh yeah. I mean, I, the only TikTok videos I see are like like you know, when you put them on your TikTok videos, you know, on Twitter or, or or Instagram or whatever. Otherwise, I I wouldn't, yeah. Good. Good for your soul. Yeah. No. Well, see, I'm not going to do TikTok videos, so there's no reason for me to be on TikTok. I'm not going to be watching occult TikTok videos. It's Uh, not. I mean, I'll just be like, oh, this is just ridiculous and turn it off. I'm not going to hate watch or I'm not going to then proceed to go on my other social media and and start raging at these people. Um, mostly this is my thing i don't point out tiktok stuff unless it's just genuine like harmful misinformation because like some person doing like a silly video i mean just let them let them yeah we'll see that that and that's the thing it's like so there there's really no point because i'm i'm not gonna learn anything from these tiktok videos i'm not gonna rage tweet about them so i'm literally wasting my time so yeah, it, no, it, spend it, your time actually doing rituals. Oh, I was just gonna say if I if I want to feel all occulty um that day, um, how about I do a ritual instead of watching this like bad takes on TikTok? You know, so yeah. That's the enlightened perspective. That's I don't the know. I can handle the internet. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I mean, well, I didn't just say that was the enlightened perspective, so um because I, I was just gonna say, well, I, I wouldn't say that about what I just said, but I didn't say that. So there you go. Yeah, I'll take the blunt of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't get both things. I don't get going on TikTok and just spewing this this stuff, like whatever comes out of your your head and you're like oh that's a good idea let me put that on video and at the same time i don't get like the rage tweeting about said video um i i don't get either perspective it's just like like both are just such a waste of time to engage in that um i'm like i I have better things to do you know art yeah Yeah. you know but i i like so well i don't know do i like social media or do i just want to like social media I have a complex relationship with social media. I think everyone has a complex relationship with with social media. I mean, there's, you know, every platform is different. So you're going to definitely have preferences. I've, I never really took to Facebook to begin with. Yeah, I'm not a Facebook. I'm actually not on Facebook. It's the one platform I'm not on. Yeah, but I've definitely the past couple of years have really, really been turned off by Facebook and um apparently it's not as popular with your generation as as the gen z people are really aren't into facebook yeah 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 i'm not even really that into instagram instagram's kind of falling out of popularity currently that's what i heard too yeah 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 um i you know i do like twitter um but i don't know i don't know it's i don't know yeah it's all it's all complex i think in general, though, it has the one thing social media has given us is that our community is becoming more socially accepted and it's given people a lot more access who wouldn't have heard about the occult otherwise. Yeah. 
got to give it that it exposes people and sure a lot of people who see it are probably just going to have like a two-year phase and then leave but there's going to be real adepts who get really into the occult deeply from these pages and you know for you know for every adept you're going to probably have a hundred people that come into the phase and 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 leave it and that's fine fine. there's nothing wrong with leaving the occult yeah. If you realize it's not for you or you liked it for a little while and you moved on, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? There are yeah. things that were phases for me. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, you know, if if social media does have that benefit, um, I'll, I'll certainly take it. I do miss forums, you know, before, yeah. before you know, Twitter was a thing and, and before Facebook kind of dominated there like we had forums and those were great because the conversation technically wasn't live but if you're both in a forum and you're both taught like you know talking back and forth with, uh, under whatever subject i mean it could be very quick and the discourse was a lot more intelligent and a lot more yeah. civil um you know it's so much easier to to tweet out uh you know, take, a, a take, take. without thinking about it, yeah. then you can on a forum. Um, so I do miss forums, but I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not nostalgic for anything that that doesn't that doesn't exist anymore or doesn't exist in the way it the once did yeah. because it's because it's gone. It's probably not coming back. So I'm well, not. Time gonna, changes, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna you know sit here staring at my computer waiting for forms to be the thing again. Um, it's it's just unfortunate because um, there were there were a few forms that were really important to me um, in my formative years, and um, I, I I definitely recognize the value of that sort of online um, communication, which I think a lot more people would benefit from than you know, TikTok and, and Instagram and, and whatnot, but it is what it is. It is what it is. That's how time worked till life. Yeah. I mean, as long as we capture some, um, some people that will become adapts, um, through social media, then it'll always be worth it. It'll always, if you help someone, even without realizing you help someone with, with a tweet, Yep. Um, if you can capture uh, what will become, you know, an adept, um, yep. it, it, it makes it all worthwhile. It makes all the bullshit and all the drama and oh, yeah. all, all the hate and all the violence on social media worth it. Um, there was this one comment that really sticks with me um that makes like this person commented on one of my youtube videos that they're from iran and it's impossible to get occult material there because it's criminalized mm. you know to it's a, it's a theocratic state and yeah. they're like this is the only way i can learn about the occult i really am grateful for like your videos and all the podcasts this is how i can learn about it and that like warmed my heart i was like i'll go into a hundred discourse arguments for this person like yeah. comments yeah. like that really warm the soul yeah absolutely of course absolutely yeah so I guess it's all worth it. I guess it's I all think worth so it. in the end. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're about because I know you're you have a time limit, so we're getting yes. to to the end there. So um, 
Where can people find Georgina Rose online? I'm Georgina Rose or Dot Darling, D A A T. I know a lot of people type D O T. No, no, mm. it's not okay. like the right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Patreon, Twitch. Um, and I'm under Magnolias and Magic. That's my podcast. And it's on all major podcast providers as well as YouTube and Patreon. Um, and that's pretty much where you can find me. Okay, perfect. If for, for everyone that's listening, um, all of uh, those links are going to be in the show notes uh, for you to easily access. So definitely follow uh, Georgina Rose. And one last question, why yeah. the name change uh, for the podcast? Oh, oh, so we shifted to Magnolias and Magic because um, I'm trying to do a little bit of a tonal shift. Basically, I started the podcast with two people who are no longer on the host team. Um, and I named the podcast way back then. Mm. Um, and so we've changed teams for like over half a year now. And we've taken a more educational direction rather than pure salt. You know, oh. our commentary style has changed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We used to be a lot more salty than we are now. Now it's more just a, a slightly lighter conversation. So we changed the name to match that tone. It's just because our tone shift has been pretty yeah. apparent over the time. So we yeah. wanted a name that more fits our vibe. Excellent. Well, that's wonderful. Good stuff. I like the way things evolve. Yeah. You keep evolving. Good. Yeah. Because I mean, the alternative was to say, okay, well, we're not salty as, as salty as what we were. So shut down the podcast. Like, you know, like these yeah, occultism you know, with a tiny dash of salt yeah, like is where these, we are now. The, these ideas don't make sense. Evolve, grow, change. Change is good. It's, you know, um, because like I said, the alternative would, would be like, oh, well, we have to shut down the podcast because we're different. It makes no we're sense. We're not doing. Yeah, it makes there. no sense. Y'all are have to, gonna have to take my computer from my hands to get me to stop. I know, right? Okay, I will not stop. <laughs> it, and that's that's a threat. Okay. Evolve, grow, change, schism, splinter. Schism. Yes. Schism. This is Absolutely. the schism. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the Lux Files. I really, really appreciate it, and thank you for giving me a little bit of a deep dive into Thelema so I understand it better. Um, Thank you for having me on. It was a really lovely conversation and it was nice to talk about all the things that don't really fit into my normal content, but I have a lot of thoughts on. Yeah, Really nice chatting with you. Um, I really like this podcast. If this is the first episode you've listened to, listen to more. Listen to more. This, okay, this is going to be episode, um, this would be episode 17. So there's only seven, there's only 16 other episodes for you to catch up on. So, um, that. I yeah. Believe in you. yeah. Although there's the, they're all pretty long though. Like one's four and a half hours, one's three and a half hours. And then the rest are pretty much around two hours, but you have nothing better to do. So come listen to me. Listen. Uh, <laughs> bye. Okay. Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Lux Files. 
You'll find all the guest links in the show notes, as well as the link www.laylokanzawin.com slash links. That link will get you to my page of links where you can then go to my Laylokanzawin website, the Lux Files page, and my Laylokanzawin YouTube channel that has all the Lux Files videos. It also has all my social media links there so you can follow me and the Lux Files. And don't forget to subscribe to the Lux Files wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving me a review. Until next time. <laughs>